0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Ash London Podcast. Every week, I'll be chatting to guests who have entertained... Inspired, educated, brought hope, or just distracted us in recent crazy times. As we ask the question, how do we keep living our best lives when the world around us kind of feels like it's imploding? Hello, my darlings. Welcome to our third Thursday episode. I got so much wonderful feedback after last week's chat with Dr. Julie about how to re acclimatize back into normality after the insanity that is the past two years. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you find half an hour soon to get around it. I know that is a big ask. Half an hour is a long time, but this is a very practical one. So if you're struggling with the idea of, you know, returning to life, then this might be really helpful for you. But for now, let us be in the present. Today's guest uh, is a good one. They're all good. Today's guest reminds me of me when I was younger, full of energy, hope hardworking keen to really kind of make their mark on the industry me and this person formed a very unlikely friendship given that we had radio shows on air at the same time on opposing networks but when two people click and are meant to be friends what can stop it from happening i so believe in this guy's talent He also makes me laugh and not like fake radio laugh, but proper laugh. (laughs) His name is Mitch Chury and his radio show Mitch Till Midnight can be heard on Kiss FM in Melbourne and Sydney from nine every night. And in 2022, he'll be rocking Weekend Breakfast. So much Mitch, so little time. A star on the rise. But for now, he can be heard right here on the Ash London podcast. Let's get
0: into it. Listen, this is great, and I just want to preface by saying, if I'm yelling, just blink at me. Don't talk over me. That's podcasting
1: 101.
0: <laughs> um, I apologise to the guests if you've clicked this and thought, oh, I love Miranda Kerr. I loved Mariska Haggerty, whoever you had on episode two. <laughs> and I don't know who this guy is. Give me a chance. I, Marish- I, what, I, what I lack in those realms and celebrity factor, I bring in my pure love for Ash London, Thank and I you. think you will enjoy this episode. This is me pitching myself I to I love the that
1: for you. Leon Moriarty is an author. Mariska Haggerty is from Law and Order SVU. Very different.
0: Yeah, but the names are similar. They've got that Moriarty, ethnicity.
1: yeah. We, you can say that because you are, are you Maltese? Am I imagining that?
0: No, I'm. so I'm I'm mostly Dutch, which I, Kate oh. Langbrook, who's a, another amazing broadcaster, Fantastic. is also Dutch. And we, we had this connection last week and she just couldn't believe that I was Dutch. But I'm mostly Dutch, French, Maltese, Lebanese. It's all in there.
1: How good's Kate Langbrook? She's probably my favourite broadcaster on the planet because she gives zero fucks.
0: Absolutely zero fucks. And
1: it's in a different way to Kyle who also gives zero fucks, who's also probably the best to ever do it. She gives zero fucks in a sense of like all that matters is just like she's just doing her. She's not riling people out. It's not actually about other people. Kate Langbrook will just do and say what Kate Langbrook wants to do and say.
0: Agreed. I actually got a text from her. She said, do you (gasps) want to do the pickup with me? Do you want to pick pick up? the 3 p.m. pickup? I know. And I was like, yes, I will do the pickup. Um, So I hosted her radio show with her. And um, there was one little nugget that she said that she didn't even realize I was listening to, but one of her producers said, oh, with this edit, do you want to do this? Or do you want to do it this way? Or do you want to top it at the end? And she went, do not give me options. I don't work well with options. Mm -hmm. Just tell me what to do and I will do it. I go, that is brilliant that i just want to be told what to do
1: especially because and i think it took me a while to learn this as a presenter generally the producers do know better with those things because you know i used to think i know and then i get my grabby little hands on it and i generally ruin it and then we end up doing what the producers wanted to do anyway so i think it's always best to just let people do what they're good at and you just do what you're good at right yeah so for our chat today, I don't want to spend the whole time like this, the, you know, the the normal, let's just hear about your radio journey. There's more yeah. there's more to it. But I think it does help for people to hear kind of where you came from and how you got to where you are now, which yeah. is hosted. Is it Mitch Till Midnight or Mitch to Midnight? Because in my oh research. Oh, my gosh,
0: We just true. had this argument with marketing because it was Mitch Till Midnight because that As objectively sounds be. better. Yes. Yeah. But the marketing team in the mock-up, changed it to two, Mitch, two midnight, I think just in a mock. And it was approved by Uh, someone and it was then plastered on the websites, plastered on the screens, all over social media, and uh, it was never changed. So I ran with the Mitch Till Midnight branding on air.
1: like, grammatically makes a lot more sense.
0: What, 100%. Well, it, it, but the problem was then when we changed it back, then it was the whole, the apostrophe before, and then oh. is there one alien till Too much. But it's mixed till midnight, yes. So Agree.
1: And when you do work for a big company like that, you, you'd think it would be easy to just, you know, change one letter. No, 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 14 people need to sign off on it. And it needs oh. to go through emails and levels. And once you get marketing involved, because I've yep. had to do that in the past when I didn't like photos of myself, they like once, once, this, is, this didn't happen at SC, this happened at Channel 10, my first ever media job. I used to have bad teeth. They were fine. They were just normal person's teeth. And I still haven't got yeah. great teeth because I stopped wearing my liners. But back pre-Invisalign, I had bad teeth and a really, really gummy smile. And um, for a photo, they they photoshopped my teeth to make them good without asking.
0: <gasps> oh, no.
1: Did you not like that? No, I was like, you got to ask me before you fix yeah. my teeth. You know, that's a call. Cool, you, can, you can ask someone because what they're saying is your teeth are so ugly that they need we, work. Yeah. They need work. <laughs> but you need to ask because then people are going to be like, um, Ash's teeth don't look like that. She you like, keep ask it, them. ask me next time. Yeah, keep yeah. it, but ask me. Because I don't want people think I changed my
0: True, teeth, yeah, true. You know? They meet you in real life. They're like, who is this woman?
1: Exactly. So that was my kind of first foray into the media industry as a, a job on Channel 11. So I moved to Sydney for that. Um, God. I would have been like 24 or 25, but I feel like you, you were younger when you kind of got into it and you went straight to radio, didn't you? You, did you ever want to be on TV or were you always kind of a, a bit of a radio nerd?
0: Well, TV is where I've always wanted to land. Like TV was the goal. I actually studied theater. So I studied acting in New York when I was 19. Like I did the uni is thing. Is your family and-
1: rich? Because only rich families send their kids to New York. How did you afford that?
0: No, I have very supportive parents, very good parents. Who Does that mean still, rich
1: or just like sacrifice for you?
0: Middle of the road, gotcha. middle of the road. I say, I mean, the house is in the middle of the road. We have a mansion, it's gigantic. <laughs> we own the road. We own the road. Um, no, just very standard, but I had very supportive parents and that. Yeah, they're well off, but yeah. by all means, they're not, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, CEOs of businesses. Anywho, so dad supported me and I, I moved to New York and did theater and loved that and only fell into radio because I came back in the middle of my my two year course to save more money, see the family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I needed a job. So I got a casual job on the street team at ARN at nice. KISS. And I just have not <laughs> stopped since.
1: That's so cool. I want to rewind a bit. So you're 19, and a lot of parents, and even now that I'm a mom and I think about the you know, the kind of kid I was, what I wanted to do and how supportive my parents were. And my mom was like, you go to university, you get a degree, then you can do whatever you want. But I did a media degree. But if Buddy came to me at 19 and was like, mom, I want to be a star. I want to go to New York and study. I don't know if I would be super supportive of that. I would be scared that he was going to struggle for 10 years financially and never make it. So that's pretty cool of your parents.
0: Yeah, I come from a family that um, no one has been to university. No one is university gotcha. educated. Both my parents did went to, I think my mum went to year 10, my dad did year 12, um, and they've done just fine. Um, my sister was the first family member to go to university and she still didn't graduate. She, she didn't even finish her course. So uh, we have all tried. I went to uni too. I went to the University of Wollongong. Don't get me wrong. yeah. I, yeah. Straight out of school, did what I thought I had. So I got early acceptance, which I thought was the best thing oh
1: my God. ever. Overachiever 101. I love that for you. No,
0: they're just trying to fill their quotas. Yeah, they send so you this cool. fancy blazer and they go, you've been accepted early, Michael. I'm like, it's Mitchell, but thanks for the
1: letter.
0: <laughs> uh, they couldn't care less. But I hated, the, I hated university. It just wasn't for me. And I think they knew that and they knew that I had to do something unconventional. That was yeah. just the way I rolled. And they were very supportive. I'm very lucky.
1: Were you... Um... And I'm presuming you're happy for me to talk about this. Were you out at that point?
0: Like You'll bleep that, right? You'll <laughs> bleep that out? Just put a... I want it to be ambiguous because people could think, what was he? <laughs> what was he in New York?
1: What did she say? <laughs> oh, the mystery.
0: No, I wasn't. I okay. wasn't. I wasn't even out to myself. I didn't even what? know. Really? I was still... I was. Yeah, I was still. um, I was with women in New York, like (gasps) with women, because I thought that's what I was supposed to do.
1: Interesting. So, so you were just you were dramatic, and that was kind of what people. He's a (laughs) performer.
0: And I sort of got away with it. I got away with it because it was like, oh, Enigma yeah. <laughs> makes us laugh, and that well, was, you was always. You think you got it, away with
1: know. it? Maybe you didn't get away with it. And everyone was like, Mitch will wake up to himself soon, and in the meantime, let's all play along with this.
0: Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure that was it. But people <laughs> have been very nice and uh, and let me believe in the in the the, the dream. But mm.
1: when did you go? Okay, actually, I don't. This is who I really am. This is what I really want to do. Was it a decision or did it just kind of happen and then you never really had to come out? I or have you honestly, not come
0: out yet and I've outed you? <laughs> this is my coming out. This is my coming out. I send this to all the media outlets. Mitch Churry out on Ash London Podcast.
1: <laughs> Mitch Churl is a gay. Now, when it, Once Katy Perry misread a thing and did an ID that said, with Mitch Churl, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened. But I don't want to distract anybody from what we're really Sorry. talking about.
0: I can get you that audio if you want to put it in. Here.
1: Hey, it's Katie Perry with Mitch Churl. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Mitch. Post-production uh, and it's best. Well, Love that for us.
0: I don't even remember the year that I came out. It felt like such a blur, but I do know that I put it off for as long as possible. Um, and I was okay with it. I remember thinking, "You know what? I'll deal with that one day." And mm. it was just I, I locked it away. I'm I'm very good at compartmentalizing. Yeah. I just can lock things away and um, access them when I need to. And I, that's what I did with that. And then it slowly started becoming, because I came out at 23, right? And yeah. I'm 26 now. So I, I've only been out you for You're a baby. Yeah, I've only been out for three years. But I um, it just got to the point, and it, it probably sounds bad to say out loud, but I don't even think I did it for me. I, I just think it had to be done. People yeah. were asking. I had been single. I had no long-term partners and people were wondering, people were asking questions Mm. and I think they just wanted to know they were interested. And I had to sit down and go, Oh yeah, this is, this is who I am. Um, and I come from a family, um, a very supportive, like I've said, amazing Mm. family, but I'm from the Sutherland Shire in in Sydney and it's, they've got a certain set of beliefs and my family is, like I said, you know, a bit of ethnicity in there. Um, it's, it just, I was worried how it would be um, received Mm. and, uh, it happened at the same time, coincidentally, as the plebiscite, as the same-sex marriage debate. Gotcha. And I think that riled me up, and that fueled some emotion. And mm. I, I worked out who in my family was for it and who was against it. And then that ang- angered me, so and I had to work out.
1: Crazy, Mitch, because that really was the time where people's colours were showing in a quite oh, yeah. a confronting way. So you're yep. dealing with the fact that you know you need to come out, and you're about to come out, and this is who you are. Yeah. But it's not like you are imagining, I wonder if this person will be okay with it or not. You know in advance. That's insane.
0: 100%. And then you also, at the flip side of that, when it happens, you go, oh, great, it's been passed. But what was that? was like 63% voted yes. yes. Then you've got the other percent that it's voted 37%. no and you go, shit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was quick math that I couldn't
1: I, couldn't I do. I got in my you. Head. I'm not good at much, but I can do quick math.
0: It, yeah. So that, that was it. And I, I came out to my family and then I was. It really only took Hayden, my current partner. I presume if we listen to this in 20 years, something God knows if he's still my partner, <laughs> no current partner. He's a great lover just for me in the future. <laughs> that's like a benchmark so I can remember. Um, great in bed. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But, oh, he helped me come out. Uh, I ne- I think I needed that push because I was very comfortable. And were you
1: together I, at the time or were you just friends and he helped oh, you come
0: you, out? Would you like to hear the story about how my partner Absolutely. Out okay. Cora of people. Miranda Kerr's got nothing
1: on this. <laughs>
0: Cora's cool, but, oh, this is a good story. I'm in. So I was out. I was in the closet for Kyla Jackieo. So back to radio. I do a segment. My first ever- uh, foray into radio was a segment uh, called Cashcock, and uh, yes. I, I got it three weeks into working at ARN. More on that bit. Um, well, that's a huge
1: deal, by the way, to get anything on on air, let alone on Carl and Jack within three weeks. All the other I street know.
0: teamers would have been like, oh, "Fuck me!" Oh yeah, and it it's still made. are, to be honest. Yes, yes. <laughs> dressing up as a giant cock, I want to be him. I got that. I dress up as a giant rooster. I run around the streets of Sydney, get tackled for cash. Hilarious, um a great bit. And I wear a giant chicken suit. So I was trying to come to terms with my sexuality. I was very comfortable with it myself, but no one outside of my brain knew, no one. And I'm like, let me let me dabble in the world of, of like Tinder. So I went on Tinder. My profile was public. So I don't know why I thought that no one would see it. And this boy came up, he was really cute. So um, uh, I was like, oh my God, I, I really like this guy. He's really handsome. I'm going to go to his Instagram. Went to his Instagram. He followed me. I'm like, this is serendipity. This is brilliant. Yeah. So I message him one night and I go, hey, I hope you don't mind me sending this out of the blue, but here's an unsolicited cockpit. And it was a photo of me dressed hilarious. as the cash cop.
1: That's very Bro-
0: funny. He was blind drunk at a party and wanted to have sex immediately. Nice. Um, and I thought, geez, I'm not <laughs> not ready for this. I wanted some lighthearted banter.
1: So at this point, you hadn't done that before?
0: Ever. Okay, ever, wow. Ever. Um, the banter was Huge. good. The next day he woke up, started talking, and that's Hayden. That's my current partner.
1: Um, oh, what?
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, so it, the was,
1: first foray into the into homosexuality really outside mm-hmm. of your brain turned out to be a great guy who you didn't just hook up with, but you yeah. had a relationship with.
0: Yeah, and still am with three years later. That is the best. But I didn't tell my parents I wasn't out, yeah. so having him in my life really helped um, uh, me. And it, this was October and by December, I'm like, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to come out to my family. So I did. And that's a whole other story. You know, there were high emotions. Um, I was probably distant, even though I didn't realize I was mm. for, the, for the last, maybe the 12 months before that. So my parents had to deal with that and that all made sense as to why, you know, cogs were falling into place for them, yeah. but we've dealt with it. I've got the best family in the world now. So grateful. Love them. Anyway, they didn't know about Hayden. I'm like, let me do <laughs> one thing one at, at a time. One at a time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can come later. So in January, as you know, us radio announcers, very seldom do we get radio break. We get holidays. Mm. So I was like, I'm taking this. I'm going to Melbourne with my boyfriend. Yeah. So we book flights. I tell mum I'm going down um, alone. I'm just oh. going to see some friends, which is risky. ridiculous. But she risky, bought it. Risky, um, risky. Pensions were still high. Um, and what I did was I blocked all my family on social media. <laughs> um, I hid them. I didn't block them. I hid them. I'm not a. I'm not There's a monster. Too many
1: degrees of separation on Instagram. Someone will tell someone. Surely yeah. you know. You know this now.
0: Oh, but wait! Like that's not even what happens. So I block all my family. Life is good. I'm going there. I'm with Hayden. We're having a great time. We're kissing. We can hold hands. I'm like, I'm a guy. Ga- I'm out and proud, baby. Yes. Like in Melbourne. Was, was, like in Melbourne. Cool city of cool yeah. people. Yeah, I was Elton John in the early nineties. I'm oh. like, this is me. um uh, And we went to uh, the art museum, and there was his activation. And um I was there. I put up a photo, put it on my story. It was great. Um, and then Hayden put up the same photo on his story, so you could tell that we're in the same location. Yeah. Mum was out in in Cronulla in the shire with one of her best friends at a cafe. And uh, she was sitting there and um, I forgot to block her friend. Tragic, (sighs) tragic and a big move. Forgot to block her friend. Her friend's looking at her and goes, look, look where Mitchell is. How good's that? The bartender walks by and goes, oh, my God. Oh, can I see that photo? And Anne, my mum's friend, shows it. She goes, oh, oh, sorry, that's just one of my, my friend is with that boy down in Melbourne. How do you know him?
1: Oh, this is not, this cannot be a real thing.
0: This beautiful gay bartender, and and my mum goes, hold on, you know this boy? Goes, yeah, that's that, I think his name's Mitch. He's um, dating my good friend. My mum was like, what? What genitals does this? What are the home?
1: chances that the freaking bartender?
0: I know doubted you. Yep. Yep, yeah, he's with Hayden Hickson what? down in Melbourne. They're together. They're a new couple. He's really nice. I was only talking to Hayden about him last week. You've got a great son. So then my mum. I mean,
1: complimentary.
0: Complimentary. Very sweet. Mum's hilarious. Mum takes a photo with this boy and her friend texts it to me and says, um, can't wait to meet Hayden. We've heard all about him. Oh, my it. gosh. And then Hayden and I, actually, this was horrific. It was just post copulation. We were on oh, holiday gosh. and we were lying in bed Hayden's phone went off because this friend realized what he had done. done.
1: He was like, Oh, Messaging shit, him, oh going, shit, oh Is shit. he
0: out? Did his mum know? I've just done this. I'm so sorry. I was just serving them their curry puffs. And then yes. mum was messaging me, and my whole world crashed and, and burnt in that one moment. Um, that's how mum found out about Hayden.
1: That's such a mic drop for your mum, though, to do it oh, that way. You. Like, that's so dramatic. And I love that for her.
0: She was mad though. She, was, she, what, she if, didn't if, laugh. If
1: I know, if your mum is anything like my mum, it wouldn't be that you had a boyfriend, it's that you didn't tell her. And that would be very hurtful to my mum if I'd kept that secret from, like when I got a tattoo. She's like, it's not that you got the tattoo, it's that you didn't tell me about the tattoo. Because that made her feel like we didn't have the relationship that, you know, I couldn't trust her. I was yeah, lying to her. Yeah. And that was hurtful. Yep. That's a great story. Thank you very much for sharing it with me.
0: Nice.
1: Okay, so you're out. You're uh, the cash cock. You're at Kiss. <laughs> and what would you say was your your big break per se when it comes to kind of – because we would – all the, the media and the press are really about you, they call you the emerging star. But I, I certainly feel like the past year you've kind of switched gears, I think, gone from like, you know – the young kind of up and comer to someone that's kind of making their own mark, which is really exciting. But what would that's you say? What's the, the, well, true? I wouldn't
0: nice like to hear that from you. It's very nice. Thank you. Oh. Well, it's funny because I sort of I correlate the the big moment, the big break in my life and my career in the same moment I met you, which is really quite funny because the first year I did my show, A Mitch to Midnight. Um, it's till midnight. I just said two. Oh, you did. I was not going to say anything. It's getting to me. Um, uh, I got a gig on the red carpet of the Arias. I'd never done the Arias before. Someone, that's a big uh,
1: deal to be on the red carpet. Is what because some people are behind the barrier and you'd yeah. years behind the back. You were, you were, you had a set up stage. It was all happening.
0: Also, a Pepsi collaboration. Britney yeah. Spears, Cash uh, money. you know, Beyonce, Kendall Jenner, is that you? yeah, Kendall Jenner. They, they've all the big stars have all worked with Pepsi. Basically. Exactly. Um, and that's when I met you for the first time. Um, which was a glorious moment. You knew who I was and I, I freaked out. Um, <laughs> Ari has happened. Ash London met me the next day. You and I were both on a Rex flight to Hamilton Island yeah. to interview. Were, were we on the same flight over? Were we on the same flight? Oh, I no. I think we
1: weren't because I didn't spot you until we were sitting at the um, the restaurant. I saw, I saw Sam Valens first who I used to work with.
0: Yes. And then
1: on secondary, I was like, oh, that's Mitch. They, they must have brought him over as well.
0: Yeah, that was, that was my first big, the, 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 the label, which was Warner Music, said, yeah. come on over, interview to Lipa. I think Kyle and Jackie O couldn't do it. They didn't want to get on a flight and fly Obviously. on a plane. Yeah, but for Duba. people like
1: us, that's how we get all the good gigs when the more important oh, people, when Carrie and Tommy and Hamish and Andy couldn't do it, then I got it. And I was like, thankfully, they're important and have families because yeah. I have <laughs> neither of those things and can get on a flight to wherever.
0: Same, and that's what we did, and that's where I met you. But that that moment was it was a shift. Uh, I think people saw me at the Arias and I, I mean, I love that. I'm very similar to you. I, I love a good interview. I love connecting with people. Um, I love artists. I love conversations Mm. Um, just for people who might not know me or my style. Like I am obsessed with the late night shows in, in the U S in the States. Like I've seen them all. I've been to all the tapings. I was, I watched rove live every night. I still watch reruns of rove live. Like that intimate interview space is, is what I love. So. Um, I think that's why you and I connect a lot. It's true, yeah. You, you enjoy that vibe as well. But to go and do the red carpet, go to Hamilton Island, I think that was a nice moment for people to see me doing that. Yeah. And go, oh, that's actually, that, that's what he does. That's great. That's
1: he's doing that thing now. That's what he's, he's the guy that, yeah.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot
1: Um, it does take, yeah, other people, whether it's a label or whatever, to kind of give you the opportunity, and and then it becomes a bit, you know, visible, and then people just think of you differently, and you know, oh, that's yeah. my baby crying. One second, I might have to breastfeed while I'm taking. You're fine. Go for it. We have to tell the story of your awkward
0: joke. I don't think I want to. It's really.
1: We don't have to tell the the awkward joke. We do need to just preface it like with these things, there's an order, right? Like, you know, and you never want to watch the person's interview before you because either (laughs) it's going to be really good and you'll feel crap or it's going to be really bad and put the artist in a bad mood or they're going to ask questions that you were going to ask and it's like you don't want to know that you're doubling up. Like it's good to just go in blind but for I this agree. one, you know, we were on, on a deck at like a yacht club. So you watched my interview, which already, is, you know, I'm so good at what I do that no one wants to go after me. That's, no. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't want to do that. But no. then we had to do changeover while Dua Lipa was there. Usually I'd oh. be in one hotel room, you'd be in another. As soon as I'm done, they just, you know, take her away and she's within a minute chatting to the next person. But we had to kind of make it, well, not we, you had to make small talk.
0: No, let me, okay, I'll tell it. We're already there. <laughs> that, that was my biggest mistake. I had never worked with you before. I'd never seen you in action um, and you were sensational. Might I just add that we made your interview happen because you were lack, lacking a recording cable. Remember we that?
1: We were missing so much stuff and Sam, beautiful Sam Valens, let us use all of his gear. Me and Violet, like we're just, we said Violet <laughs> could film it just so she could come. She has no skills.
0: Yeah, she had her galaxy out. She yeah. filmed it on her yeah. iPhone. Oh, like a mum at dance club. It was very cute. So, yes, that happened. And I watched you, and I thought instantly, I went, oh, shit. Because uh, I, all the questions you were asking were the questions that I had prepped, <laughs> because there's only <laughs> so many questions you can ask exactly. a recording artists. So, I wigged myself out. You were sensational, of course. You were brilliant. You were so natural. But i also friend. met
1: her like 10 times because I've been doing this for many, many years.
0: Yeah. And that was my first time ever meeting her. Um, so I walked over and if you're listening to this and you haven't been to Hamilton Island, pause now, Google Hamilton Island, and my story will make sense and you'll be on my side. Just Google Hamilton Island pictures, dusk. That'll help. <laughs> so I, I sit down with Dua Lipa and she gets a makeup touch up because it's all being filmed. Yeah. So, you know, she's gorgeous and gracious. And Hello, how are you? We kiss mwah, mwah, on the cheek. And I go, all right, we got about two minutes before I can jump into the interview. Sam Valens, uh, the producer there with me was setting up my mic. And and two minutes of, is I, a
1: long time when you've got a very famous person sitting in front of you,
0: 100. and I just say
1: that. It's a long-ass time.
0: We were prefaced with, I think we had 20. Like, I think we had a good yeah, chunk of time with one. Dua on the day. Had all my questions prepped all out the window. So I I had all my, I, I felt like I couldn't ask the questions that Ash had just asked, but I, in reality I could have, but I was wicked This happens
1: every, every time people just ask the same questions and the artists are just gracious about it.
0: Yep, they know what to do. So she Dua was beautiful. And then I go. All right, I'm gonna. I got two minutes to kill. Let's lean in with some gear that I've been <laughs> <laughs> working on, uh, some jokes that I've been writing in my hotel room. Hamilton Island is beautiful, and like it's a, a tourist hotspot. Postcard. Yes, giant skyscrapers, however, um, in the middle of this bizarre island with palm trees, there's bats flying through the sky, it's a tropical location, (laughs) and all of the staff work on the island, right, because they live there. You don't want to travel from Brisbane uh, to Toowoomba to Hamilton Island every day. So they all live there, and a lot of them are kids, a lot of them are young. And I noticed that. You know, a comedian notices things, details. I'm looking, going, kids, oh, big towers. It gave me North Korea vibes. As it would. As it would. The towers were empty at night at dusk. All the bats came out. It was creepy. And
1: kind of 80s and decrepit. Yes, like yes. they hadn't, hadn't really painted the outside in a while. Why would they? They could still charge $500 a night for a room without a fresh coat of paint.
0: Yeah, banking on the view. They're banking on everyone coming for that view. Everyone's driving golf buggies like it's yeah. very Pyongyang. So I lean in and I go, do up. Great to have. You. This is so awesome. We'll be ready in two minutes. But um, you're loving Hamilton Island? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is. It's just beautiful. but. Let's be real for a sec. Do you you not get North Korean vibes from all this?
1: And at this point I leave because I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to be here for this. And I just walk (laughs) out. I just leave and just go and hide because I'm like, no, I'm out. I don't want her to think I know this guy.
0: Did you hear it? Yeah. Because I don't know your side of the story.
1: Yeah, and I, when you said that, I didn't even wait for her response. I left because I can't be around awkwardness. It's part of my idea my personal branding is cannot be around awkwardness, so I just left.
0: You would have combusted because she looks at me like, shut up. Look. She yeah. gives me the eyes. Stop speaking, fat, sweaty Aussie boy. <laughs> and then I double down. I go, no, 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 it's beautiful, but the towers and then there's bats, and I set it up really well now, but in that moment yeah. I, I did not sell it well. The big buildings and the kids and there's kids and the kids are, like there's children's staff here too. It's not very North Korean, don't you think? And she lent him with, well, considering Hamilton Island are paying for this beautiful trip and paying for the yacht. I don't, I don't think so. But I don't think I'll comment on that. And I was out. Yeah. Action, ready to go, Mitch. You're all set up for the we interview. To do the interview.
1: And there's no worse feeling because it it hasn't happened to me many times in my career where you get off on the wrong foot, but you can't really come back from that because you've lost your confidence and there's no flow and you just want it to end the whole time.
0: Yeah, and it's all you're thinking about while they're answering questions. You go, fuck, 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 fuck. Like it it really is.
1: And you know the label are going to email you afterwards and be like, please cut out, you know, X, Y, and Z.
0: They were really yeah. gracious, though. They were lovely. Still gave me a bottle of champagne. I think I got some Ferrero Rocher. Yeah. They never brought it up, which is very I sweet. I bring it but... up every t- most times, actually.
1: So. I just live oh, for it.
0: Oh, you see me. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Have you had any other standout moments of um? I wish that never happened when it comes to interviews like that? Or have you managed to kind of get off pretty, you know, pretty easily?
0: That taught me a lot. That yeah. interview. And that was my first real big one in person. That yeah. was when the, like I said, the career and the interview started to take off. Yeah. But when I first, so my first ever job, we really jumped around here, but before I was Cashcock, my first job at the radio station was on the street team. And I became Mitch the Coffee Bitch for Kyle and Jackie O within <laughs> a month. Um, they love to give people nicknames and yeah, come nicknames up with that though. one. Yeah, there I will Give them that. Um, so I was Mitch the coffee bitch. I was asked, do you want to be on air? I said, yes. You know, can you make a coffee? I said, yes. Uh, well, did you so make a coffee or off. did you lie? I had no idea how to make a coffee. <laughs> Instant. McCona. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Obviously. I can do McCona double strength. Um, so I go home. I binge watch. Barista videos, oh milk gosh. steaming. I buy the mug, the correct mug, because we didn't have the mug. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. So I taught myself how to make coffee. I was terrible at it. You know, I wasn't, I'm not a trained barista, but I, I, I did what I had to do. And about a month in, Kyle and Jackie O, you know, the biggest radio um, show in Australia, you know, very, 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 heritage show, 25 oh. years. Um, one of the biggest, I should say.
1: No, you can say the right. biggest.
0: They get all the stars. And um, Fifth Harmony came in. This is when Fifth oh, yeah, Harmony yeah. was still formed and around. And they were in with all their mums because they're young and, you know, they're fresh off the X Factor, I think it was. And they were in our green room where we placed the celebrities before the interviews. And I walk in, I do my job, and you know, I'm a bit nervous. They're big stars, first stars I'm yeah. meeting. And I go, hi, ladies, how are you? Can I get you any any coffees? You know, and I've Gosh. got cappuccino or I've got cappuccino or I can make you a cappuccino with a yeah, little or less. Or a Kona. Or oh, that's right. And they all go, oh, babe, yeah, we'd love, uh, can we get vanilla latte? Like oh five vanilla gosh. lattes for me. Please, thank you, honey. No You worries. need to
1: specify what the options are. You're not popping down to Starbucks.
0: No, but I was 19. You know, when you're a kid and, oh and something like that happens, you go, I'll work it out. Bad. So I run up to the roof where the coffee machine is and I make six lattes. And then I <laughs> I go to the sugar drawer and I put about eight raw sugars in every coffee. Like, just rip their heads off, pour sugars in, stir it. No vanilla syrup. Si- no vanilla syrup. God, no. No, this isn't a cafe. This is the rooftop of a radio station <laughs> in Macquarie Park. So I pour, like, eight sugars in every coffee, put the lids on them, go down, give it to them. I love it. I heat it up. This oh, is brilliant. Americans. All the vanilla's different <laughs> in, in Australia. I'm like, yeah, it's Madagascar and, like, just drink it and shut up. And then I recently interviewed Normani from Fifth Harmony about a month ago, told her that story, loved it, full circle, very
1: good. I love the full circle. Normani's great. She was one of the last interviews I did before I quit, and I feel yeah. like she's very underrated. Like she takes it seriously. She commits. She's like '90s style pop star. Like commits to the choreo, the video, the look. The, she's she's got she's it. She's across it all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very early Beyonce days. I mm. do vibes. I love Normani. It's so gracious. So present.
1: Once I was on a red carpet with Tom Whittaker, uh, Snappy Tom from Carl Jack.
0: Yeah. Guess, and yeah.
1: we are in Europe for the MTV EMAs and there was a, a, a the, the English cast of some reality show. And there was a girl that kind of looked like Normani but not really. And this South African journalist calls her over on the red carpet no. and is like, where's the rest of Fifth Harmony? And the girl's just staring at him. And he's like, you know, are the other girls coming? And she goes do you think I'm Normani because I'm black? And me and Draco, well, I call him Draco, we were like put a fork in me. It was like Dua Lipa, North Korea yeah. times a thousand. It was so awkward. And the guy was oh. so bad at his job that he still didn't understand how bad it was. And yeah. I'm like, I wanted to go hop on a plane and go home on his behalf because yeah. I was like, this is so awkward. And she reamed him and it was so great and i still don't know who Who was was, she was from like an mtv reality show that we don't have here so i don't know her but she reamed him and it was so fantastic
0: god when you have those moments on red carpets and similarly it goes the other way when you have a great moment in an interview isn't it the best feeling in the world or when you have a real connection
1: yeah and i rarely do red carpets because i hate them because you don't get much time And you have to like hassle people and I'm not a hassler. And maybe that's part of me being up myself and wanting people to be brought to me as opposed to me having to be like, but I do remember once, and perhaps this was a moment for me where I realized, oh, I'm doing well. This was your Pepsi Max moment.
0: Mm. It
1: was at overseas again at a red carpet. And I think it was Shawn Mendes's people walked past and saw me and they were like, Ash, we didn't know you were here. We'll go and get Shawn for you. And, like, all the other news outlets, like, turned around and looked at me. They were like, who is this? And I, I like, looked at Drake and I was like, that's pretty sick, bro. Like, that was a moment. But I think that (laughs) comes from similarly to you. When the artist comes into our studio, it's respect. We respect them. We've done our research. We do a good interview. We're not there Mm -hmm. to catch them out or try and get a headline. And I think... You know, you get, a, you get a reputation for that when the label knows they can bring an artist to you and not worry.
0: You can feel it in the artist too, or the energy, in the, especially if they're in the room. Zoom is it's easy to hide over Zoom. But when you've got an artist in in the room and you're asking questions that they don't want to answer, you can feel it, the interview's nothing going works. nowhere, they give you nothing. And you can also hear it when they're on autopilot. Like, you yeah. know, they've given word for word the same answer <laughs> to the, the previous <laughs> I know. Sometimes after I interview, like I would interview I don't know, a a British artist, and there's a roster, there's a line, Ash London will be before me, Smallsy from Nova will be after me, I'll be sandwiched in the middle. And um, I will, have you ever got any of them? I will often send messages if I know you're next. I'll go, tell Ash that she stinks or that I love her. Has anyone passed them on? I can't remember who I did it with.
1: No, but I, we generally do, especially if, I know that the artist is running late and I'm worried they're going to cancel. I'll be like, yeah. hey, have you had Doolipid or have you had Niall yet? And yeah. Like, yeah, but he's <laughs> yeah, running. We'll because sometimes the label lies to you. They say he's yes. just in uh, wrapping up the last interview, but you know they haven't even started yet. So if I we're know like, that we are all friends, friends, guys. Exactly. We all well, some of us are friends. the mm-hmm. most part, we're all friends. Um, yeah. I'm now going to pass off the baby one second. Okay. So. You are now at the end of 2020, your radio nemesis has left clearing the way for you to succeed because I was holding you back with all those ratings. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, no one else is standing in your way. When you think of the future and what you want to create and make and do and put out into the world in the sense of what's going to not just, you know, make you successful, what's going to make you happy? What does that look like?
0: God, big question. Um... uh... I, I feel like I'm yet to find it, and I feel like I'm comfortable at the moment working out what works best for me and what I love doing. Mm-hmm. I've no, I, I know that I love doing my show. This is the end of my third year of doing my my night show, and it's been my first show on my yeah. own with you know my name in it. Um, next year will be the fourth, and I go, I love that, but I I know where that lives, and I know what that I know what itch that's scratching for yeah. me. Do you know what I mean? Totally so i'm looking broader um uh, I, I just signed my first tv contract this week yes! um, it's casual and it's only for eight weeks but it's a full it's a permanent slot on a show on channel nine and that will run until the end of the year which is which That's is
1: fantastic did yeah, you, take you know a I, of you signing in the contract
0: no, because it was digital. I did it on my Apple Rude. with my Apple pencil. I looked like such a wanker. I was like, <laughs> like with yes. red ink on my Apple, on my iPad, like a toddler. Oh gosh.
1: I have a photo of me super young on the floor of my dressing room at Channel 10 signing with my straightened hair, oh signing a contract. God. It was one of my favourite photos because to me that was just like, well, I've made it, life's the best. I'm that never going to quit this job. I'm done. I'm cool. I'm sweet.
0: No, mine was could not be more beautiful. I had to send it back. Like, I me, mean, she didn't initial here or date here. I'm like, fuck,
1: mm. sorry. Those just contracts just, are tough, man.
0: Yikes! I know, I know.
1: When will it be a thing?
0: Cause the- oh, people know about it. It's it's out. I've already done one episode. It's not even. My, it's not my show. I'm just a part of it. Um, because it's the, you're on the, the show. I'm on the show. Um, no, it's it's Love Island After Party, and I'm a permanent. Um, I thought that was a one-off thing. That was one-off. Yeah. Well, but that now was actually one-off. And they call me the next day. They're like, do you want to do the whole season? I'm like, yeah, I do. With
1: Abby Chatfield, who I'm obsessed with.
0: Abby Chatfield, sensational. Love her. Um, Yeah, it's her show. She's the host. It's her big, big moment really for her. She's killing it. She's doing such a good job. And it's similar to you. It's like you, when, when you and I did the arias, and that's probably tying back to your question doing stuff with my friends who I know are professionals, who yeah, I know yeah. are good, who make me happy, who make me comfortable um, is where I want to operate in the future. Also, good knowing that you can make content on your own these days. It's like, look at your podcast. Yeah, yeah London podcast. Saying, yeah. Um, yeah. Again, the podcast I do. Yeah. The is it just me podcast? I do. I love doing that. It's just little things um, like that that are keeping me going after a tough year like this lockdown's been tough
1: yeah it has been tough so many of us have been like working from home living our best lives but you kept going into an empty for the most part an empty studio which is you know not easy
0: no I went in every night I haven't had one work from home day yeah it was tough it was really tough and you sort of just get into such a rhythm and an autopilot and you know it's probably not a good thing to say or admit but everyone does it in their jobs you just you get to a certain point and you just, you just know what you could do with your eyes closed, mm. you know. I know where every button on that desk is. I know what to say. Yeah. My interviews, I pre-record, I edit them myself. I was in such like a, a workflow, yeah, that I just, it sort of became like the, the the year just went so quickly and I'm looking further for other things. So I don't know what is next, but. Um, we
1: never do. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. That's, that's why I love what we do so much is that next week could hold any opportunity and you don't know what that's going to be. And I think that I. Bloody love.
0: Do you love that? That gives me a bit of anxiety. Oh, no,
1: I live for it. I get anxiety if things are locked in in advance.
0: Really? If I,
1: if I had a yeah, contract for three years on something, I would be like.
0: Oh. Would you think of the end and go, what's going to happen at the end? Or would you think of all the oh, stuff you do?
1: I'd think of just the fact that I have to do things and I'm expected to do X, Y, and Z for this. And that makes me feel sick in the stomach.
0: Interesting. So
1: I generally sign contracts for like less than I'm asked to and then I know that I'll do a good job and I'll want to extend, which sounds up myself but I don't know. I'm not good at much in life but I what I'm good at I'm really good at and I generally, like yourself, I don't stuff up gigs. I don't do a bad job. So I know I'm going to deliver. So we've discussed what uh, you need for you to live a good life and to feel like you're on the path and that's make good work with people that you love and respect. What do you need to stop doing in order to live your best life in this crazy world? What's, what's the journey in that respect? Big question.
0: I'm inherently lazy, um, but it's not with career stuff. It's just like day-to-day life yeah, okay. things, you know. I, I'm really lazy and I love to relax and yeah. I love to just sit and scroll mindlessly through YouTube. And, yeah. like, I was watching before this interview the the history of the London Tube. And, like, right. why they built them underground and because they couldn't in certain areas because it was really wet, dense ground and it wasn't concrete and solid earth. I love that shit. How did and you could, get
1: to that in, in your in your wormhole?
0: Oh, the algorithm knows me. It knows. Yeah. I, lo- I love architecture and construction videos. I don't cool. know why. Oh, it's ridiculous. But I just watch them because I think it's, I'm like, oh, I'm getting something from this. Yeah. Like, learn- As opposed to
1: me, greyhounds and baby. That's what the algorithm <laughs> serves me. And it's literally all it is: greyhounds really? and babies. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I get a lot of like old Howard Stern interviews, like real media nerd stuff. I love like that for you, oh yeah, it's very fun.
1: Well, my love, if anyone is going to take up the mantle of the late night variety show, it seems like it's going to be you. My only question is, can you please just give me a regular
0: spot on whatever
1: show you end up bringing to the people of Australia?
0: Yeah, we'll have you on. Great. Well, we, I will have you there.
1: Love you, sweetheart. Mitch Churl, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Love you. Thanks, everyone. Lovely to meet you. If
1: you want more of Mitch, you can follow him on the gram at Mitch Chury. And he also has a poddy called Is It Just Me with Mitchell Coombs. Get around it. After you've gotten around every past episode of this podcast, obviously. Thank you, Mitch. If you like today's episode and want to support the project, I would love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review. But more importantly, I want to hear from you. You can shoot me an email anytime with questions, guest suggestions, feedback, whatever. Hello at ash.london. Big love. Audio production on the Ash London podcast is by Dom Evans.
0: Hold up.